Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC in Queens took the train up this morning to New York. Going to watch the, I don't know what to call this, Jay Posner, uh, Jay Posner Sports Editor back in San Diego. Padres Mets, Jay, what do do we call this? Which is the worst team? Is it the team with the National League low 40 wins, or is it the team with the National League low 402 winning percentage? I I don't even know. And and it's one of those things where it might rain tonight, it might rain tomorrow. It's like if all these, the, the Mets got rained out last night, if... Would anyone notice? I I don't know, but I mean the one the one thing about tonight and and uh, since you know I think we've gone beyond the point where where wins and losses really make a don't make a big difference uh, in this season. I I enjoy watching you know the best in baseball work and and thanks to the rain last night, the Padres get to see one of the best pitchers, maybe the best pitcher in baseball this year, in Jacob Degrom. He's He's five and four, which you know, like twenty years ago, everyone would have said, "Oh, he only has five wins." But he's pitching for this horrible team. He's got a one point six eight ERA. He's got one hundred and forty nine strikeouts in one hundred and twenty three innings. Only given up ninety hits in one hundred and twenty three innings. So he's he's been fantastic, and he's been the only de- pretty much the only good part of the Mets. I guess Brandon Nimmo. Uh, and Estrubal Cabrera have been okay offensively, but as as Mark Platt, one of the editors here, reminded me today, he's a huge Mets fan. He reminded me the Mets were eleven and one this year. It's it's almost impossible to remember that, but they were eleven and one, which means they're twenty nine and fifty five since that point. And but remember, they did win two out of three against the Padres. Well, they came here at the end of April, and at that point, you know, I mean, you go the New York media, which you know gets this uh, rap as being uh, so hard on their teams. Well, they're also they also get swept up in in the, when their teams are doing well. And I remember the New York uh, media. Oh wow, the Mets! They they what are they going to do at the trade deadline? And <laughs> wow, they're good. And well, they were seventeen and nine when they left here. Right. And I think what what is it? Is it now forty and fifty six? So their record is actually worse than the Padres since they left here uh, at the end of. Uh, yeah, I mean they were five and twenty-one in June. That's that's very difficult for a major league team to uh, to accomplish. They've been better in July at eight and eight, but the, that it's to be five and twenty-one, and they're just so dysfunctional. Uh, I mean, all this stuff with Cespedes now, and and uh, you know the people. Familia, and, to, to think that right. I mean, here we are, we are covering and 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 uh, you know uh, San Diegans are fans of a team that. You know, you lament the fact that they're, they've been sellers for so long. Well, you know, you can at least trust that they're sellers with a purpose right now. But to think that the, the Mets basically just bagged that one right, and gave right. away one of the top closers for nothing, I mean, that's fraud. That's fraudulent. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's uh, a whole lot of fun being a Mets fan at this point. And, and the funny thing is, as, as Mark did remind me today, the Mets were in the World Series three years ago. Um, of course, so are the Royals, and we see where the Royals are right now. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But they did. But the Mets shouldn't be the Mets shouldn't be this bad. I mean they 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 have they have a big market. They I mean they're not the Yankees, even though they're in the same market. They don't have the same you know obviously the same financial wherewithal. But the Mets should never be in a position like this, and they they've just been mismanaged, I guess, from top to bottom. It sounds like back there. It's interesting, and I want to get back to your to Degrom and the fact that you're looking forward to seeing him, and that you know, being that the, the team that you're watching most uh, is in a position that you're you're not like lamenting the fact that they they face one of the best uh, 
uh, starters in baseball, you're actually happy about it. I want to talk about DeGrom and how the Padres beat them. Uh, but, you know, why are we spending all this time, like, talking about these two losing teams? Well, number one, we have a podcast. <laughs> we cover the Padres. Uh, no, number two is I always do think it's interesting, and it's really neither here nor there which team is worse. It just isn't. It's ridiculous. But to operate in a vacuum and to know, you know, I guess it could be worse. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and also to, to at least know your team is has is again maybe um, I don't want to say losing with a purpose, but there's a plan. Right, and and yet if you're a Mets fan, you look at it and you say, well, we you know we have Degrom and we have Syndergaard, and and you talk about things going all wrong. I mean, Syndergaard goes on the DL today with um, hand, foot, and mouth disease, which he apparently picked up doing. Uh, an outing at a school. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that, that happens to San Diego sports teams. Um, but apparently it happens to the Mets as well. But I, I look forward to what's that. <laughs> New York sports. I don't know, something, uh, something like that. But, uh, no, I look forward to seeing a guy like DeGrom pitch and, and Hey, let's see how the Padres fare against him. I mean, what, what is Will Myers, uh, you know, who's and, and Eric Hosmer and all these guys and the young guys, uh, Manny Margot, if he's back in the lineup, let's see what happens and let's see how they fare. They didn't fare well against him in April. He went seven innings, five hits, eight Ks, which I actually thought was, uh, would have been the under on the over under on that. Uh, you know, no runs and, and the, and the Mets, the Mets won that day. Joey Lucchese, who did beat the Mets back in April, is, uh, is starting. We got word just before the, podcast that Lucchese starting tonight instead of Eric Lauer, um, assuming that there, there, there is a game. So You brought up uh, DeGrom's overall record. You know in those 13 games, the Mets are 4-9. and nine. He's 2-4. and four. He took a loss in a game he allowed one run in seven innings. Um, but the Mets are 4-9 and nine in those 13 games since, um, since he pitched at Petco, right? He's right. only been better then. It's like a sub-one whip. It's a 1.50 ERA. Like, he is fantastic, yet the Mets have lost nine of the 13 games he's pitched. He loses games where he allows three runs. That's what happens. So, because <laughs> they can't score either. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at their, uh, I was looking at their offensive numbers and, and they, they're 13th in batting average and they're, um, I'm sorry, 15th in batting average 14th in on-base, 13th in slugging, 13th in OPS. The Padres, of course, 13th in batting average and 15 dead last in the NL in those other, in those other categories. So uh, the Mets are, are actually last in the league in runs scored. Uh, I didn't look to see how close they are to the Padres. They've also played, I think, six fewer games. So that could- Now, here's the interesting thing about the Padres, Jay, is, is you know, before yesterday, I haven't refigured it since they got two hits yesterday. And, uh, you know, Vince Velasquez became, I believe, the fourth pitcher, not counting. Well, I guess I should uh, count uh, the, the rookie for the Dodgers since his uh, bullpen mates, uh, they closed out a no-hitter. So <laughs> right. it's the fifth or the sixth time the Padres have gone at least to the sixth inning without getting a hit. So notwithstanding yesterday, um, in their previous six games, of which the opener of yesterday's doubleheader was the first time that they had won, or I should say previous seven, so they went one and six, they actually were hitting really well they, for, for the Padres. It was middle <laughs> of the pack in the majors, okay? It was upper half in the National mm-hmm. League. They, they, as bad teams do, you can't put it all together during that time. They had a staff ERA of like seven. So right. <laughs> they, they, they were hitting okay. They were not getting on base a whole bunch. They were getting home runs. They were getting doubles. They were, you know, uh, their slugging was up. 
and yet they were losing because at that point then starting pitching was just faltering and the, and the bullpen, uh, you know, has sort of lost its way. Well, and of course then they get, you know, that includes 15 hits in yesterday's first game. I mean, there were, I'm looking, five guys on the team who had either two or three hits. Um, yeah, but even before that, that game, game, like, it right. was like it, the, the thing is that a bad team just can never seem to put it together for very long, at least, where you have your, everybody's playing well. And this team, gosh, Honestly, I've racked my brain. I haven't looked to go statistically, gosh, if I missed like a one-week period. I don't remember there being more than one or two guys being hot on this team. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, would, you would certainly know if you, if you, if you saw it. But, uh, I, I, because I think... Hosmer was good and other people in June um, when they were winning. But outside of that, if Hosmer goes bad, which, gosh, when was the last time he was good? Honestly, um, they just haven't been. And now they get Jacob Degrom, but then they get who knows what the Mets. The Mets haven't even said who their starters are going to be on the latter two games of the series. I would uh, Jason Vargas is supposed to come off the DL. The Padres hit him in April. I think it was his first start of the year. Uh, Zach Wheeler hasn't been hasn't been very good. Uh, he was originally scheduled to pitch tonight, so we'll probably probably see a couple guys like that. So there will be a a place for that. Now, what are we seeing now in Queens as far as weather? Uh, Kevin, are we looking at potential storms all week or what? The rain's not supposed to hit till around uh, you know game time. Okay, <laughs> but this is the kind of sky where something could could blow in. There's blue all over the place, but there's the dark clouds, and it's the East Coast uh, in July. So I, I I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, Jay, before we uh, close here, let's go. We've got Lucchese uh, tonight, Lauer tomorrow, Clayton Richard. Let's talk. Um, Short term, and let's talk somewhat longer term about the Padres' rotation because that plays into something that we do like to talk about because it at least makes us, it at least fills us with a little hope, and that is the, the future um, uh, and some of the prospects and all that. So, first thing, Jordan Lyles has one more rehab start than he's expected to come back. Luis Perdomo yesterday, and thank you for saving me. I had zero faith in Luis Perdomo, but on the last podcast, um, you said, you, well, you wrote him off. Yep. Um, so he'll pitch this weekend against uh, Arizona, and then we'll see from there. But Lyles, Perdomo, how do you fit them in there? Um, and you've got Brett Kennedy, who the other night improved to 9-0 and with a three-something in the Pacific Coast League ERA uh, for AAA. He'll be up before uh, the end of the summer, I think before September. You could be looking at Logan Allen in AA. Um, and now, as I wrote uh, for this morning's paper, when Brian Mitchell, after doing a rehab start, maybe two, Brian Mitchell will be put back in the rotation, barring something unforeseen, to at least give him a couple starts to see if they can salvage some of that $13 million they spent. I, I actually don't have a problem with that. Um, I, 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 th- I think that at this point, there's no reason not to give Brian Mitchell a couple starts. Um, you know, maybe he figured some things out. Uh, I, I don't, I'm sure everybody out there and, and – is saying, well, of course he didn't figure anything out. But, you know, look, maybe they obviously saw something. Somebody in the organization saw something in this guy. And maybe maybe the time off, maybe maybe whatever, maybe a change in the weather. I don't know. But something, maybe the light goes on, and, and, and there's no reason at this point in the season not to give a guy like Brian Mitchell a couple of starts. I mean, I, I would think that— And what if he that, didn't? What's that? What if he didn't figure it out, Jay? I mean, like, then you're like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you could cut him. Okay, sure. Yeah. But what are you going to do? 
have him eat up innings at the end of why do you even have him on the roster if you're not going to at least find out if he can pitch well? right and so that that's the thing let's find out let's give him a couple starts if he pitches well then you found something and if he doesn't pitch well then you can do what you were going to do anyway which is just admit you made a mistake eat the money and and move on so uh again no problem with with mitchell doing that i would expect there would be a opening in the rotation here fairly soon i mean tyson ross has got to be traded doesn't he well yeah, you would think so. And then what makes me wonder, and these are the questions that I've been asking, and quite honestly, I have no answers right now, and that's generally the case. <laughs> when it comes to trades, what do you really know? Uh, but I, I got to see Tyson maybe packaged with someone, I, I, or or else, like, what are they really getting back for Tyson is kind of the, the, the indication that I'm getting. Um, for uh, someone that's going to rent a guy who's going to, you know, give him six innings uh, for the what, another 10 starts right. and, and maybe the postseason. I'm, look, I'm high on Tyson, and I think this is a guy who can help your team in a lot of ways. But you're not just, you know, you're not renting a 25-homer guy, Manny Machado, you know, already, Manny Machado. You're, you're renting Tyson Ross, and I, I'm just wondering, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do the Padres do? Because they are really only interested in guys at the level of Francisco Mejia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, maybe maybe there's another guy they could they could package. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're going to do this, but they do have, you know, 42 catchers in the organization now or something uh, something like that. So you can you can package uh, somebody like that. I mean, there there's any number of people that you could uh, as that you could send away. I mean, we've talked about there's there's very few untouchables probably in the, in the entire organization. Uh, you know, let alone just on the on the major league roster. So it just seems like that would be the kind of guy, the kind of asset that you would want to turn in to some sort of future value. Because and and the same thing with you know with Kirby Yates. Um, I, I I don't know where that where things stand with with that, but he seems like a kind of guy that could help a couple of teams down the stretch. Of course, the team that Kirby Yates could probably help the most is the team that's 120 miles north of here. But I don't know if the Padres are going to make a deal. Uh, with the with the Dodgers because the, the Dodgers are a team that could really use Kirby Yates as a bridge to Kenley Jansen, but I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It just seems like that's the team that comes immediately to mind. Uh, but I don't know if the, if uh, how Preller feels about dealing with a team in the division, let alone the the you know the closest team to here. You know, I haven't asked um, on that. You know, but uh, gosh, dealing a 31 year old. Uh, reliever setup man uh hey will they will they give the padres walk the uh, uh, uh walker bueller for him <laughs> how about him and tyson ross what do you think dodgers are all over that aren't they uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. hey um i'll uh, i'll keep you updated on the rain and uh i'll be writing my stories and we'll uh just gonna have a lot of fun in queens tonight i'm actually looking at the ballpark right now cannot wait to get over there to, to uh, city field that sounds great and we will talk to you later in the week when you make your way what is it where am i going north next? northwest to uh oh, i think up, up to cooper state upstate state as they say upstate so you can and we will fill people in on that we'll have plenty of stories this week uh, I can think of at least four or five off the top of my head that we'll have on Trevor Hoffman going forward into the weekend in the Hall of Fame. And of course, you'll be there this weekend for Trevor and also Alan Trammell, another uh, uh, a San Diegan that a lot of people may know. We had a good story on him yesterday. So hopefully people are checking that out and hopefully there's a game tonight, Kevin. All right, Jay. Yeah, for your sake, because of Jacob DeGrom. Exactly. Awesome.
Maybe someday Padres fans will be lining up the schedule and going, oh, man, we got DeGrom tonight. We almost escaped DeGrom, and it'll mean something, you know, because you don't want your team to face an ace. But for now, yeah, turn it on and check out Jacob DeGrom. All right, Kevin, have a good week, and we will talk with you uh, from Cooperstown later in the week. (laughs) 